And we're back. It's your boy, Wardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the great Cinema Draft game. And we have our most prolific guest who's been on the Cinema Draft podcast no less than 30 times. It's one-time professional basketball player turned podcaster turned house flipper extraordinaire. It's the host of the Mostly Sports Podcast. It's your boy. It's my boy. It's the one and only. It's Jay Devlin. In uh, and then too kind in your intro. Professional basketball players going a little bit far. I played overseas for free. I got a house to live in. I wouldn't say I was professional. It's very kind of you. Um, but I will also say, did you add first time winner? Of the cinema draft game? Yes oh, or no? I, I did not. Let's add that to your resume. First time winner, the inaugural First, winner of the cinema draft. Inaugural game. winner, yeah. Right. Welcome Nobody back. can take that away from me. No, they cannot. Our Andy Cohen inspired Watch What Happens Live style drinking game tonight will be the word degen. Because every time you hear one of us say this word, first of all, it describes us. Second of all, take a sip of what you're sipping. Hopefully it's water. Stay hydrated, y'all. Because tonight's pod will be covering some of the most lovable, most degenerate on-screen gamblers in cinematic history. All right, so how's your quarantine going, Jay Devlin? It's good, man. It's good. I'm just sitting in my beanbag chair. I, I didn't really uh, apologize. I didn't get camera ready, man. I just uh, took my hair out of the ponytail it was in because I haven't had a haircut in about three months. You're pretty, and, you're pretty uh, quarantine and- ready, though. I mean, camera ready, quarantine ready, same thing these days. Same thing, man. But yeah, it's been it's been fine, dude. It's been uh, no worse or better than anybody else's. You know, everybody's going through what they're going through. And uh, luckily, we have, you know, little respites like this where we can escape what's happening and have some fun and lose ourselves in uh, something we enjoy. Damn straight. And speaking of that, let's go to our first and my favorite segment. It is what we're watching. Oh, I love that air horn. Gives me life, damn it. And as I was mentioning off air that I may have hit the wall in my quarantine right now where nothing's keeping me happy these days except for carbs. And I'm going to share my screen because we are going to talk about a show which is not new to most. It's new to me. Can I ask you a question, Ed? So you know, obviously, when I get on the show with you, that beautiful three-page type syllabus that is detailed and ready to go and like just mapping out our entire journey together, I'm going to blow up within 10 seconds. So Please you know do. me well enough by then. What yeah. is your and, and let's get some cultural cul-de-sacs. As you say, let's get weird. You know, what is it Vince Vaughn? Let's get crazy. You know, let's, let's do what we do, man. Let's do what we do. What is your go-to carb? What is the one thing you've eaten the most of in quarantine? Oh, shit. Um, well, I am Panamanian, half Panamanian, so you'd think it would be rice. But fungo? What, uh, is that Panamanian? That's Cuban. I, 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 mean. I, I have heard of that, but no, I, I'm, not, I'm not that Latin, sadly. Uh, <laughs> so you'd think it'd be rice, but no, I think I've probably eaten more uh, pasta, if anything. Like, it was Mother's Day. Uh, and I comforted myself with some, some. Uh, no, I was gonna say California Pizza Kitchen. That's wrong. I, cheesecake yeah. Factory, which means I'm still eating my meal from Sunday. <laughs> oh yeah, because they give you so much. For yeah. me, I don't know. There's a couple things at the top, but I think one thing I've eaten more than anything is bark thins. Really? That's. Do you know what? A, are you familiar yes. with the bark thin? Yes, but I'm confused. It's very healthy. It's not even like no. A I mean, bread. a bark thin is how? No, it's chocolate and pretzel. In like no bark thins can't be healthy because I am not getting healthier as I eat them. But yeah, all right, well, all right. So 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 bark thins, pasta. You know, we're we're riding out right right now. No one can make a mistake. We're all dealing with this however we want to deal with. It. At least that's what my therapist told me. So you know, whatever gets you through, whatever gets you through. And how, and what's been getting video me therapy. Yeah, video therapy exactly. What's been getting me through has been line of duty. Now, this thing is has been on for five seasons already. I think they might have a sixth in the can, which has yet to debut. I've just been chomping the sucker up. It's been on Prime. At least the first four seasons are on Prime. I've sought out the fifth season. And I'm working my way through it. But it is excellent. I've been told by uh, uh, one or two of my UK friends that it's kind of like their version of The Wire. Uh, I mean, and I get it as far as, like, they follow, like, this, this one unit, the – the AC-12, the London's fictional anti-corruption unit um, throughout like these, uh, a case a season, sort of. But yet there's a, 
underlying link of just you know political and 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 social corruption throughout the police department that kind of follows it and it's great and you see like i mean you see some 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 stars on there lenny james uh keely hawes if you remember from bodyguard do you watch bodyguard jay devlin uh i did yeah vicky let's want to have a chat Going to have a chat, Vicky. Need, needed subtitles, man. I, I was kind of lost not watching with subtitles. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, I don't know if this means I'm getting old, but I watch everything now with closed captioning because I'm, yeah. you know, as a writer, I love to catch every single word. But yeah, Line of Duty is 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 doing it, man. I mean, it's 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 clever. Uh, it's efficient. So they only do like six episodes a season, like in and out, and they pack a lot into each hour. Uh, Tandy Newton was the was the the case in season four, which I just finished Maeve. last. Night. Yeah, all, th- all things Maeve. Yeah, Maeve, Tandy Newton looking, but not not the not a cuddly Tandy Newton. This one though, she's pretty much a hard ass and 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 definitely corrupt. <laughs> yeah, Maeve. Yeah, yeah, Maeve is Maeve. It's just such a great cat. I mean, look at Keely Hawes, man. They they really tried hard to make her look homely, and she she was really really great part for her. Really great series. You can blow through it. You know, oh, kind of weeks. oh okay, well, I know this series. My my parents watched this series. They my my probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, they stopped watching American TV because they'd seen it all, and they went to I think it's called Acorn. You know yes. better than I would. Yeah, all five and, seasons are on Acorn. Yeah. Oh, dude, they just they're always telling me about some like Scottish, you know, crime drama that they watched, or you know, some kind of like you know Northern. I they're watching all that stuff, but they were watching this show and they loved it. Well, I love giving me an accent. I love trying on an accent, the wee accent here. Yeah, so it's, you're, like, uh, you're the Black Irish. You're like Donovan McNabb. Actually, what, what was the? I think the tripod last week. They're trying to goad me into an Irish accent. And I, I obliged. I was I was deep into the line of duty, so I, I did it. Because this this guy right here, he's got he everything's we this and we that and yeah, darling. You got a so that that's what, that's what's been getting me by this past week or so. Line of duty. It's excellent. It's not new, but it's new to me. So that's that. That's where I'm at. And the and the only other thing I'm doing, I'm watching from our draft stream game, our streaming content game, which we are quickly repurposing to bring to the site. Show from that is Hollywood. Now, have you been watching Hollywood, J. Dev? Are you familiar? Uh, all right. So I saw that on your uh, your syllabus you sent me. I am uh, I am not watching it, and I will never watching it. It has been. Uh, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, but there's a reason uh, I host a radio show called Mostly Sports with uh, Mr. Mike Scavati, who is an actor who actually <laughs> who was actually in this particular show. Oh, OK. And he, he played a gay pimp who worked in a gas station and he got cut out of the movie. No. So I am boycotting Hollywood. Oh no! So there, so you mean there were two? Because Dylan McDermott was is like the the gay pimp. Like he's, yeah. I think he like he didn't get into it, but he that he was filming. He wasn't the McDermott character, but he was like there was like maybe a rival or something. But his part got cut. But he filmed the scenes because I have the pictures of him in the entire outfit, which are hysterical. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that that was so that I'm, was. Really I'm good. out. So I'm out. Oh, that, that's that's too bad. It, it's it's an interesting show. I think it's only going to be a miniseries, so a one-off. But basically, it's a re-envisioning of Hollywood. What if you know in a post nineteen forties, you know, or post war nineteen forties Hollywood, if they'd actually you know let black people be leads and and gay people, you know, be open with their homosexuality and and it's it's really funny seeing Jim Parsons too. Uh, yes, that Sheldon from How I Met Your Mother as a fictionalized version of the real life uh, agent was Henry Miller or something. Uh, just basically just be like like a, a dickhead who, who orders, you know, young, unsuspecting boys who are new to Hollywood in to give them blowjobs. It's just wild, man. It's wild. Everyone's was it Dylan McDermott's Dermot's chewing scenery as an aging Lothario at the pimp as the gas station. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> runner of a prostitution ring it's just it's fun i enjoy it. it's ryan murphy so there's some quality to it so that's what i'm watching damn it what are you watching jay devlin i like it i like it Ed, just remember one thing i'm very loyal i, I don't i don't play <laughs> matthew barry i don't play that guy matthew barry's movie game all right i play well, you good enough if you wanted to because their their whole site's paused <laughs> good I, I hope they go out of business um yeah me too 
Yeah. What about watching? I mean, you know, too much to get into. Obviously, everybody's watching the same crap on the HBOs of the world and all that stuff. But I went deep into the archives this week. Me and my lovely, beautiful girlfriend and our two dogs have been glued to the TV for the last four days, knocking out the first two seasons of Survivor. Really? Huh? Back. Wow, I actually remember where I was during the the the, the world premiere Survivor. Do you remember? Oh where my you were? god! The first. Uh, so I, rem- I remember the first two seasons. At, now that I've watched them, it really took me back to that time, especially the first season when you had to wait a week. And you, I found that I I had very different perceptions of the people watching it now, twenty three years later. I remembered <laughs> hating R- Richard Hatch. Okay. I remembered certain things differently. And then I watched it again and I was like, he was fine. Like he didn't do anything like crazy. As and, as compared to the people who followed him, basically, like it's just gotten crazier. Or? Well, I just remember watching Survivor season one in real time. And the guy that won was really painted as some kind of Machiavellian villain. Huh. And now watching it back, maybe because. We, I'm watching it now back through the lens of 20 years of reality TV. Oh, yeah. Right? So this was early. This was like, you know, they landed on Plymouth Rock. This is the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. You know, <laughs> Survivor 1 was 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 around, you know, right after the early real world days. Yeah. So we, we, oh, we yeah. viewed I mean, reality real TV real differently back then. Like, you viewed the people differently. Now we're kind of desensitized to it. And we've seen so many strategy shows. And we've seen so many... You know, whether it's a Bravo below deck show or, or a million dollar listings, we've seen enough of these kind of people that it's just like normal behavior. So it's kind of fun to rewatch these episodes. But Survivor stands the test of time. I mean, it's it's I, I'm going to watch as many as I can until I get bored until. But it's 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 been fun. Wow. Because I'll never forget. It was the Super Bowl two. 2001, I think, where it, it debuted right after the Super Bowl or what have you. And I remember watching, I was at a party, a Super Bowl party in New York. And I was there uh, discussing uh, to meet with Random House to talk about like my book, which is coming out later on that year. And, and I remember the world premiere, and I was like, okay, these guys are like in the wilderness or on an island or something or in the wilderness, and and they're just supposed to survive without, like, I mean, I was, I was. Mentally, I was out. I was, I was happy to be around so many people who are enjoying themselves. We barely paid attention to it. And that was actually a great night. So that, that's that's my one tie to Survivor. I've never really watched a show I, because just the thought of, like, eating bugs or whatever, just, ugh, I was out. Well, yeah, I mean, the bug part is very fear factory. And I, I feel like those early shows, other shows were born out of them, right, from, like, different parts of it. But Survivor stands the test of time, man. It, like, you know, we love this game of Cinema Draft. We love strategy games. We love using our noggins. Yes. At the end of the day, Survivor holds up because it's people just pitted against people in the same circumstances. It's a meritocracy. And let's see who comes out the better man or better woman. And, uh, you know, I definitely suggest you dive in and kind of rewatch one of these seasons, maybe season one. Well, so what do you think about the current season? Because I've heard a lot of talk like this might be the best season of Survivor yet. I haven't seen a season of Survivor since season two. Oh. So once are you I'm trying done, to march your way all the way up to present day? I'm going to start, yeah. So I just finished season two about two hours ago. So now I will probably watch season one tonight, or season three, episode one later. And then I will, that's a, a new show to me. And I have 17 seasons. No, more than that. 37 <laughs> seasons. So I think there's oh. 40 seasons. Oh, I found you a wee project there, eh, lad? so yeah so so survivor man survivor good stuff and that is and that is jay devlin's quarantine project (laughs) all right well let's get to the topic of this episode tonight we are going to be rating or listing our top five gambling movies for those who are new to the game or the podcast it goes a little something like this actually it's there we go can get me back on camera. There we go. Oh, nope. I am. Nope. I'm on camera. We might have to edit this out or not. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> all right. There we go. Uh, so basically, you name a gambling movie. We alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, that movie is out of play. And Jay, since you are most esteemed guest, the, the inaugural Cinema Draft money winner and 
the most frequent guest on the show. The floor is yours. Dude, this is tough. So we do this on our show. You listen to our show. Yeah, I, I love this game. I love where I get to duel back and forth. And, and there is a strategy involved. I don't want to come out guns blazing. You know what I mean? But I don't want to use something that I know. I have one up my sleeve that I'm almost positive you don't have. Okay. So I'm gonna save it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna go with uh it's just a classic. Classic gambling movie, old right. school pool. Who didn't love gambling on pool? I know where you're color. going. I'm going the color of money. There it I'm is. Going, I'm going Tom Cruise. I'm 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 going Paul Newman. I mean, that is it's got a little bit of everything. It's got a young John Torturo, Torturo, however you say his name. You underestimate <laughs> the sneakiness. That guy, the guy from Mr. Deeds. Phenomenal Mary Elizabeth Mastrantino or Mastrantonio. I can't Mastrantonio. Even people's names. Yes. Phen- phenomenal movie ends in Atlantic City at a big billiard tournament. Do you remember the name of the, the pool cue that Paul oh. Newman used to have? Oh, uh, I do not. I've only the, seen the movie like once. Balabushka. <laughs> the Balabushka. Now, Ed, I am not the kind of guy. It's like bowling. I don't show up with my own ball. I don't show up at a pool queue with my own queue, but people that do, God bless you. Keep doing your thing, powering through. Uh, Color of Money, my number one pick. Look at that hair. Look at that that 80s hair. Wow. Tom Cruise. Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. And you're absolutely, I totally forgot he was in this movie, John Turturro. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And then it's in the way that you use it. Like, what a great, like, the, the soundtrack to Color of Money is next level phenomenal. Okay, well, you know, and that's an excellent pick. You're, I probably wouldn't have gone there, so I like it. And there are a lot of really obvious kind of gambling movies, uh, mostly poker movies. You know, you and I both love poker. You know, we both share passion for poker. So I am going to try to avoid some of the most the the most obvious ones of those. Because we actually did do, I think, the top five poker movies uh, a while ago. But what is an excellent gambling movie that I am going to lead off with because I'm pretty sure it's going to be taken soon enough. I'm going to go, you know, actually maybe not, but you know, I'm, I'm going to become a little, little out track. I'm actually rewatching this right now. I don't know why I was strict to rewatch it, but I'm rewatching 21, 21. Okay. The, the movie, he who shall, shall not be named. Just kidding. Kevin Spacey. That for <laughs> Kevin Spacey was <laughs> canceled. The Kevin Spacey is the mentor of the, uh, this is actually a, a true life or well, real story of uh, the MIT blackjack team where they went around. I mean, they weren't breaking Vegas per se, but they had a system. They'd go to Vegas, this team of, of MIT students and led by this one guy and, and Andy Block, you know, a semi-famous uh, poker player, professional. He was part of the MIT crew where they were just counting cards. And counting cards not illegal, but is frowned upon by these establishments, and uh, it's and they were eventually kind of banned from all the casinos for counting cards. And as Kevin Spacey's character says in the movie, you know, we, we, we're not gambling; we're counting cards. Good is book. A- ben Masrich, I believe, is the author of the of Twenty One. Very good. Yes, book. Ben Masrich. He's also, um, yeah. In fact, he's also in the writers' room this year on Billions. He's he's oh, okay. reading crypto stuff. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. That that's a good pick. That's a that's a solid movie. Um, I'm gonna go to sports betting. All right. Oh, gambling. Shit. I knew I should. Oh, I know where you're going to, and I hate myself. I knew I should have done that one first. All right, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I had to get. I I I had to get two for the money in there. Uh, yeah, I almost started writing before you even said it. two for the money. Damn it. Two for the money. I mean, you know, I I'll be the first to say this. I think Pacino is the most overrated actor in the history of of the of the craft of acting. Right. Ooh, fireball! Welcome back to the podcast. Take it back to Elizabethan times. All right. The guy playing the court jester in King Arthur the Fifteenth's court was better than Pacino. All right, he just does the same shit. That being said, whoa, Matthew McConaughey, amazing in everything he does, phenomenal. Uh, Renee Russo still kind of at her peak, right? Maybe on the the back tail end of her peak. I love Renee Russo. She will always have a peak on this show. (laughs) Still throwing ninety five. Renee Russo on this thing. My man Armand Asante. Very underrated dude from the Jur. Plays the perfect mobby kind of, I'll whack you, that kind of dude. Phenoms. Jeremy Piven. I mean, this cast is incredible. 
tons of McConaughey doing so many McConaughey things that you you can't even keep track of how many McConaughey things he's doing. Shirts are off. He's whining and dining the ladies. He's playing sports. All right, all right, baby. That's what I like right there, baby. Just <laughs> phenomenal. Two for the money. Let's go. Excellent. Excellent second pick. Uh, so I, I got to come back harder. Uh, I'm going to come back with Uncut Gems. Recent, but if there was ever, ever a movie that captured the feel of degenerate gambling, it is Uncut Gems. This guy, Adam Sandler. All right, so apparently not a fan of Jay Dev, and we'll get to that in a second. But Uncut Gems, basically following the the the, the high of degenerate gambler, uh, what was his name? Howard. Yeah, uh, Howard while he's trying to make this ridiculously huge bet to get himself out of these losses while also leveraging this weird, shiny rock that has fascinated Kevin Garnett. And they set this during the playoffs in, what was it, 2000? Was it 2008? The 2008 playoffs when he was was a member of the Boston Celtics. And, of course, black don't crack. He looks like he still played today. (laughs) And and it's just a really – it's a little eclectic but very kind of accurate on how – real bad gamblers chase highs and lows and how he just can't quit gambling. He can't quit gambling. <laughs> Guilty. So, so Guilty. yeah, give me your thoughts on this movie, Jay Devlin. Why, why are you not a fan? Look, I'll just give two, two things. Look, the acting was Oof. fine. The pacing of that movie was like second to none, man. It, it was like just really? nonstop. It reminded me of like Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, what was that movie called? Uh, uh, Collateral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Collateral. Yeah. yeah. Like the pacing of collateral was phenomenal. Like you're just on this ride the whole time. I definitely felt that. However, if you're going to do a movie about gambling, at least get the gambling correct. I knew that was coming. All right. So All right. tell us how they went wrong with the gambling, J-Dev. Well, there's just like the one big thing was the huge parlay he made at the end of the thing with the winning the jump, uh, the winning the tip. Barnett like points rebounds and Celtics winning the game. You can't it's you can't do that. It's called a correlated parlay. It does not exist. Maybe there's a bookie in Saskatoon that takes that bet, but no, you know, that no real bookie is taking correlated parlays like that. I mean, it just doesn't exist. You can't do it. Also, she flies the Mohegan Sun, right? Or somewhere up in Connecticut. You can't mm-hmm. sports bet. You can't sports bet in Connecticut. Why didn't they just have her fly to Atlantic City where you can bet in the DraftKings or FanDuel? Wait, wait, seriously? You can't sports bet at the Mohegan Sun? No, you can't sports bet in Connecticut. Has that uh, that's that's always been the case? Or is that something new? Uh, that's always been the case. Oh, interesting. Because yeah, I mean, there's there a couple like holes that huh. if you're doing a gambling movie, the first thing I would do is make sure I got the gambling correct. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know, but the game was Julia movie. Fox, and I mean, she lives up to her name, neck tat and all. Ooh, she's incredible. Yeah, she was good. Sandler was good. I don't know. The whole Sandler for an Oscar thing was kind of silly. I mean, I don't know. This is, Sandler. this is how I win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sandler, he was very good, but I don't know. It just felt like Sandler doing one of his guys from like the remote control days. Well, he, as, as, he, as far as athletes acting, uh, how do you think? And you're an actor yourself. Uh, there are headshots to prove it. Uh, what do you think of Kevin Garnett's acting? Uh, I thought it was uh, – I would compare it a lot to Eminem and 8 Mile. He was playing oh. himself. <laughs> you know, he, Kevin Garnett did a phenomenal job of playing Kevin Garnett. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he had to read any uh, – who are the acting guys? Stoshievsky and, you know, uh, whoever all these people Stanislavski are. and, yeah. Stanislavski, yeah. yeah. So, he was good, I, though. He's, he was no Ray, – Ray Allen and he got game. Still takes the cake for me. Really? Okay. I like that. I love that movie. Yeah, that's uh, a great movie, too. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. What's your third one? Third one. One of my all-time favorite gambling movies, uh, and just movies in general. It's a it's a thrill ride. It's tons of fun. It's funny. And it really laid the foundation for my philosophy of not just gambling, but life, of doing the opposite of what everybody else does. Let it ride. Richard Dreyfus. Jay Trotter is his name. 1989 movie, horse racing. He's got to make all this money at the track in one day, and he realizes the best way to do it is to bet against what everybody else thinks. So he goes around to the program and asks strangers who they like until he gets down to the horse that nobody picked. He bets that, and he wins all these races in a row. 
Terry Gar is in this movie. Oh, Nothing wow. says the 80s like Terry Gar. Edward oh, and Jennifer Tilly. Now for, now poker player Jennifer Tilly. Peak Jennifer Tilly yes. before she was before she was sullied in bound and turned into like, you know, some kind of something else. Jennifer Tilly and David Johansson, who uh played the cab driver in Scrooge, I believe. So yeah, big fan of that movie. Let it ride. Check it out. All right. Well, and I remember it coming out, but I did not see it because that was before I had discovered poker and gambling. So, yeah. All right. Great. Well, great pick. I'm going to go with, you know what? Hell, why not? I am going to do a poker movie because I, this is also top of mind. I rewatched it about a month ago. It's Molly's Game. That's actually uh, the book. I remember reading the book. I remember actually talking to you when I was reading the book. So I was reading the book in anticipation for the movie. And Molly Bloom, as an author, she's just okay. I mean, the, the stories she has are incredible because, you know, Ben Affleck, Alex Rodriguez, Tobey Maguire, all these, like, she named names, all these, like, famous named people who are coming to her game that she held in Hollywood. She, this is the, the one where they call her the poker princess, which is a bastardization of all the hard work she put out. But basically, she was running a high stakes poker game in, uh, out of a Beverly Hills hotel. And, what I think the movie got right, really, uh, and and not so much the book, which is odd because she wrote the book, but what the movie really got was like her fierce intelligence, how how truly competitive she is, because her background is as an Olympic trained skier, and she was like super close to making her Olympic dreams and got cut short by an injury, and so I I mean I definitely uh, I mean I'm not an Olympic athlete, but as a you know as a weekend warrior athlete, I definitely am super competitive and I really like seeing how Jessica Chastain just kind of, you know, takes that fierce competitive drive, channels it into winning at this game of poker, which she had never really you know known before. She started working for, uh, for the guy who was running a game uh, played by uh, Jer- was Jeremy Strong, now of succession fame. And it's just, it's a, it's a fun movie. The, the script is, is, is pretty good. Aaron Sorkin's, directorial debut probably could have been uh better on the director end but the writing's great it's snappy it's fast she talks fast she thinks fast and everyone really came comes to play what do you think of molly's so, game yeah solid solid movie man i mean we're all we're all enamored with uh, the poker world you and i especially and the book was great and you know it yeah just a, a really good movie nothing nothing bad to say about that play yeah well, the nice coster cameo at the, uh throughout too so yeah i like it all right so what else you got all right, I got another one. Now I'm going back to the '80s. You know, I'm 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 sorry, the early '90s. This is '92, but it's all the '80s to me. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite all-time actors, a guy that I know you don't follow on Twitter. Um, <laughs> can you guess who the actor is? James Woods. James Woods, <laughs> the dick. great Lou Gossett Jr. of Iron Eagle fame. I mean, come on, Lou Gossett Jr. is an absolute legend. Bruce Dern, Oliver Platt, a very young Heather Graham, just blossoming into not even a blossoming yet. Are you telling the movie? It's called Digstown. Digstown. I have not seen this one. You, oh my god! Quick background on Digstown. Boxing movie. James Woods is a hustler. His name is Gabriel Kane. Lou Gossett Jr. is Honey Roy Palmer. There, he's a boxer. James Conn goes to this town called Digstown. Conn is on. Sets up a whole thing where uh, Lou Gossett will fight 10 Digstown men in 24 hours. And Bruce Dern is on the other side of that. There's twists. There's turns. There's laughing. There's crying. I mean, (laughs) Digstown is phenomenal. Check it out. Okay, yeah, I've I've got nothing to contribute. I, I've heard of Digstown, I've never seen it, and now that I know it's got gambling, I might just check it out. Yeah. Oh, tons of gambling. The whole movie's based on gambling. Great, great movie. James Woods. Well, so I will say this though. I I always did admire him as an actor, and I liked his show Shark. I thought Shark was fun on CBS. I mean, we can all agree. I, I mean, I it took I, you know, you, you gotta separate the politics of people, like they're just actors. Like, that's what I appreciate about people. I don't listen to James Woods for my own life advice. <laughs> I don't listen to, you know, the the girl from Charmed either, right? Yeah. Alyssa Milano, whatever Alyssa her name Milano. is. Who had yeah, a crush on her? It sounds great. James <laughs> Conn is a pretty awesome actor. He's everything he's in, he's pretty great in. Yeah. 
Yeah, James Woods. All right, so my next one is Mississippi Grind. Oh, is, oh, is that Ryan Reynolds? Uh, yes, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. And I yeah. like this movie because this definitely shows you, <laughs> once again, the highs and lows of degenerate gambling, but also just the, the pure leather assing. The leather assing of when you were really on that grind, on that circuit, on the this, the low rent, you know, uh, card circuit, or if you're hitting those regional casinos and stuff, you know, the Tunica, the, you know, the Biloxi, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I, I dig it. And, and it's kind of kind of a, a, a grittier type film as far as like the look of it and everything. Kind of dark, you know, demons are being dealt with. And Ryan Reynolds, you know, quippy, but, you know, kind of reigns it in. Yeah. I liked it. What do you think of Mississippi Grind? Yeah, no, I liked it. I mean, Ben, Man, I, I think I just got done watching... Um... What's the show he was on down in the Miami in the in the Florida Keys? Oh, oh, uh, Bloodline. Bloodline. Yeah, I just got done watching Bloodline, so I was like, team that dude. And yeah, that movie was good. I'm a Ryan Reynolds guy. I have no problem if he just plays Ryan Reynolds in 75 more movies. Hey, Amen. He's entertaining. He's very entertaining. Yeah, like just that's what I like. Just be yourself. Like just be Ryan Reynolds all the time, and 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 I'm probably in on on watching your flicks, man. So good, definitely a good movie. All right, cool. All right, so what's your what's your final movie? What you got? All right, final movie. I'm skipping rounders. I'm skipping all the the cliche ones that everybody's gonna pick. These are just ones I like, and I, you know, I'm gonna pick a poker movie, and it's Maverick. Uh, oh, Maverick okay. is a gambling movie. The entire movie, the whole plot <laughs> of the movie is based on you know winning this big card game at the end on the you know on the Steamboat Springs, and it's. Yeah, it's just a great movie, man. I mean, the original James Garner version, I remember watching as a kid. Big James Garner fan over here. Maverick, awesome. Mel Gibson kills it. And Garner comes in to play that other role, not the role he played in the in the TV show. And he kills it, too. I don't know. Just just a really good movie. Did you like it? Yeah, I, I did like it. Now, I didn't see it when it came out, but I remember watching it on Netflix uh, you know, a few years later. And, and, yeah, I was actually surprised at how, like, like fun it was it was kind of funny like i didn't i didn't know what it was expected but it was it was more of like a comedy kind of totally a comedy and fun is the i mean literally it's just fun you want to have fun for like an hour 45 throw maverick on man i mean james coburn is like an all-time villainy kind of dude from back in the day that you and i grew up with because we're a little bit older and younger people probably don't know who he is i mean he's phenomenal in that movie alfred molina who by all accounts, like phenomenal actor, great career. Early in his career, pops up here. Yeah, it's just a lot of like a lot of good little cameos in it. A fun little ride. Jody Foster, Aaron, tons of poker. Finishing up with Maverick, my dude. All right, that's a, that's a good pick. And I'm trying to go obscure myself. And you know, actually, all right, this is one. This is a movie I'm pretty sure you probably haven't seen. And I'm going to bring it up for you right now. And I'm bringing, I'm doing this one because it gave us the great Clive Owen. You know what I'm no, thinking? No, I have not seen this, and I want to very badly. There you go. Croupier. Yeah. 1998. And actually, eh, maybe Clive Owen was a, a – well, no, actually, no. I think this is kind of the beginning of his of his uh, late 90s aughts run. But yeah, Croupier, young Clive Owen. Look how young he looks in there. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, he's, he's you know, a uh, – uh, it's like a film noirish type thing. He is you know, a croupier. He's the guy that you know kind of you know sells the bets and and corrals the the dice and everything. And and it's it's set in I believe the was it French Riviera. Uh, but basically, I, I basically remember it just being like European, a little stylish. And Clive Owen was very suave, very smooth. Oh, and our girl Alex Kingston, who would be on I think she was on ER then or about to be on ER. But yeah, I, I really, I really dug it. So Croupier, check that out if you can find it. 1998, Clive Owen. Ed, what's your favorite town in the uh, the the French Riviera? <laughs> I I don't have one because I've never been. But if I would go, if you I would, saw, no, see, I, I've never been to France. Um, got this you close. Saw, to you saw Dirty Rotten Scoundrels though. Oh damn, that's right. Uh, what's you know, the name get, of Beaumont-sur-Mer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ed. Try and keep up. This is your show. Oh no! You know what? Feel free to go anytime, Jay Devlin. You are just that good. But yes, Croupier was, was my final selection, and that will bring an end to this segment. Good shit. We are now going to take a break to explain to people how and why we play the cinema draft game, how you play it, 
What's great about it, we'll pause the video and get right back to you after these short messages. Cinema Draft is the fantasy sports version of the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. How their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your lineup of stars, all while competing against others for fun and prizes. So how does it work? Well, to fill out your roster, called a call sheet, you draft 10 actors from those listed in the talent pool who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have a $100,000 budget to try to draft all 10 actors, no more, no less, and you must stay under budget. You must draft at least one actor from each of the three release types of movies. Wide release, movies on 2,000 screens and up, limited release, 501 to 1,999 screens, and platform release, 500 screens or less. There are two headliners per film in the talent pool. Headliners points are worth 40% more. So, for example, if Top Gun Maverick earns 100 million, Miles Teller gets 100 points, while Tom Cruise, a headliner, gets 140. The game is free to play with cash and cryptocurrency prizes. It's currently in production for a relaunch later this year. We look forward to seeing you play. Come sign up for an invite to the beta when it's ready. Please visit us at cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. Or maybe they're I'll... back. Or I am. Jay Devlin <laughs> unavailable right now, but I am going to tell you all about. Oh, there he is. There he I'm is. Back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are going to discuss the quarantine movie of the week. Last Wednesday's quarantine movie of the week was Good Time. Robert Pattinson, R. Pats. I think he was. I think a GQ article came out the other day about him. He's a very weird guy. <laughs> that was his movie, Good Time. This week, at, when you check in with Cin at Play Cinema Draft on Twitter, you will see our pinned tweet will be for Sleepless in Seattle, the Nor Ephron classic. Starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan as cross-country pen pals who bond through a radio advice show. Remember those, Jay Devlin? <laughs> oh, man. I, I was a big uh, Delilah. Back East was my Delilah, love someone tonight. Yeah. They'd, but... call, they'd call up and they'd say, Delilah, I'm blind. Play me a song that helps me find the love of my life. And Delilah <laughs> would be like, I have just the perfect song for you. Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. <laughs> yes, back when radio was a real thing, but it's a great film, super romantic. Nora Ephron in in in, in her zone, in her prime. Peak Meg Ryan, peak Tom Hanks. Just, I mean, everything you'd want in a in a movie. It's great and quite quite an advertisement for the Seattle houseboat scene. Fun fact: Draft Mom's boyfriend, he's living a houseboat. That shit was dope. So, yeah, very cool. So that is our quarantine movie of the week. And if you've seen it or will see it, tweet us your tweet length review at Play Cinema Draft on Twitter. And thanks everyone who played Social CD. We are actually done with that game right now. But let's bring you over to the game we have been playing, the alpha test of the draft stream game. Bruh. It's been going down. Now, sadly, and I'm only saying this because I'm a hating ass guy. Sadly, Jay Bird won again. Jay Bird, who helped test out the Cinema Draft game, wow, some five and four and five years ago, he's back terrorizing the squads with just such great game theory and strategy with the Draft Stream game. Basically, the way Draft Stream is played, you have hundred thousand uh, dollars on your fictional call sheet to assemble ten actors from streaming content currently are about to be released and you must have at least one headliner day player and a co-star you have to have 10 people on your call sheet no more no less and as we mentioned before you got to stay under 
budget. And the perfect call sheet this week was Heavy on Driveways, which turned out to be a video on demand movie starring Hong Chow. Did you ever see Downsizing, Jay Devlin? Um, no. Matt, yeah, Matt Damon. Was, yeah, yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, it was it was weird, but I liked it. Uh, Matt, Matt Damon, Hong Chow, that's where I was first introduced to her. And looks like a kid's involved. Always kind of dicey. Oh, Brian Dennehy. Uh, may he rest in peace. He did pass, right? So he's in that yeah. movie. Uh, and J and Jaybird's call sheet hat was heavy on driveways and also a headliner stack of solar opposites and spaceship earth. Also, when it comes to scoring, you get a 40% bonus for headliner actors and a 20% bonus for co-star actors. So you have any questions about how to play the game, Jay Devin? We're waiting for you to jump in. No, this this will be my week. I, I've uh, without getting into it, I've had a busy quarantine uh somehow, and I will be in this week. No, I mean I'm following the chat. I think the best thing you have going uh, between this podcast and the uh, the Discord you have going on with uh, the Group Me page or whatever it is, I've learned so much just reading what everybody is adding to it. It really is a cool community, and uh, I'm gonna break some hearts, Ed, because when I jump in, I'm I'm probably gonna win the first week. Call on my right. shot, Babe Ruth style. There it is, $50 prize pool, $35 the first, $15 for second. It's not a lot of money, but we play for money. That's why we keep, it keeps it interesting. And this week, we have 15 new titles, damn it, from Alice to White Lines. Have you heard of any of these, J-Dev? No, I have not. I have not. Yeah, Scoob might, is the highest-priced show on the slate, mostly because of name recognition. It's got a murderer's row of vocal talent. Mark Wahlberg, Will Forte, Zac Efron, Amanda Seyfried, Gina Rodriguez, Jason Isaac, Tracy Morgan. I mean, they spent a lot of money on this. Sadly, the theaters are closed. So they are also pivoting to, <laughs> to a streaming release like we are. And I think I'm, I think this has a chance. I'm not so sure if it's going to be good, but I think it will be popular. Because animation, video on demand animation like Trolls World Tour, which did at least yeah. 100 million at home, has been really popular. So that's why Scoob is our highest salaried show on the slate. Now, let me ask you a question. So back in the cinema draft days, the early days, I, I was yes. very big on I would always check the weather in, in <laughs> parts of the country. That was, you know, I was angle shooting some weather. But now okay. nobody's going to the theaters. It's just reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, the other thing you and I would always talk about in the cine cinema draft stuff was the small venue movies being like ethnic of some way. If it's like yeah. an Asian release. Like yeah. I feel like Indian movie. Time, the Indian the Indian movies were my go-to. If any movie was coming out that was like Indian, like not not uh, American Indians, but Indians over in India, those movies absolutely killed it. Is there anything like that in this game that I need to be looking for? That's a good question. So we so our strategies are, are still evolving. This is only going to be the sixth iteration of our draft stream alpha test and. For those of you who have been playing or are thinking of playing, we are feverishly working to bring it onto the site in a digital format, so we will not be spreadsheeting forever. But I, th but early on, documentaries really carried the day. Uh, I had a working theory about Apple TV Plus having higher scores, um, although this week we do not have an Apple TV Plus release. Also, mm, I think lifetime on the audience side and also another hint into scoring is that we overweight audience and user scores, user ratings, 60% more than regular critic scores. So you, so it's not only do you want to have to figure out what the critics will like, but you have to figure out what the audiences will like. And in a lot of cases, the audiences will carry the day. And also to help you figure out your call sheets, we have posted under the scoring tab all the previous results from the contest, including their perfect call sheets. I found a new toy. It's an optimizer. You know, I love my optimizer, Jay Devlin. And I've gone in there and and figured out a way to retrospectively figure out what the perfect call sheet would have been for each of the previous weeks under this new scoring system. And it's helpful. It really kind of gives you some insight into what performs and how. But since we still have a small sample size, I, I have priced up the documentary somewhat. Foreign films, I've noticed, strangely, don't do very, don't do as well because they're not widely is covered by the critics that get covered by Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. So I'm not saying stay away from foreign films, but there's a great chance that they might not receive a score. And in that case, we default to what we call default scores, 52 for Rotten Tomatoes, 50 for audience score, 
66 for Metacritics and 5.0 for IMDb. Anytime there's not an actual page or a score listed for a show, it gets a default score. And sometimes that can help a, a lower performing show and sometimes it can hurt you. In my case, it hurt me last week. I was a little salty about it. I went with Call Your Mother at a headliner stack. And as you can see here, it defaulted right across the board. Wow. 9.5 So that, that was risky. That, that cost me. We're also trying to figure out if timing uh, plays into it as well, because I will throw out maybe you know one or two titles a week where it won't debut until say Monday morning. This is a Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time through Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time game. So some late breaking stuff that debuts Monday morning uh, or Sunday night at midnight may not get enough eyeballs to register with the audiences. So that's something to keep into account as well as when you're making strategy. All right. No, I like it. I'm looking forward to this week. And, uh, and and when do call sheets have to be in by again? Call sheets are due Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. <clears throat> Best way to do it is you uh, as you make a copy of the sheet, click a copy, and then you rename your call sheet with your player name and you copy paste the players, the actors you want in your on your call sheet. And once you've got all 10 and you're under budget and you fill up the tiebreaker, everyone keeps forgetting the tiebreaker. You can also, then you share it with me, make sure I can edit it and share it at, you share it with cinemadraft at gmail.com and something like that. Also the rules on how to do all that is on the rules tab. And there's a demo video, a four minute quick start guide on how to create a call sheet. So we've given you all the tools and the rest is up to you. Any ideas uh, of where you of where you're thinking of right now? What's what's your initial strategy coming in totally cold and just watching the talk in the group chat? I mean, honestly, totally cold. I mean, I got I gotta I gotta refine my strategy. I think I'm my strategy is just to come in really really confident, uh, <laughs> you know, and you know maybe like an irrational Vernon Maxwell type confidence, anchorman where, confidence, Gary Payton. Yeah, confidence. like I'm probably gonna finish below Stringer, uh, which probably has not happened very often in my life at anything. Um, but I'm still going to look good, and I'm going to feel good doing it. And I'll, I'll learn a lot the first week. This I know. Excellent. Well, you know, I like the enthusiasm. We need more trash talking. Uh, ring balls definitely did get the ball rolling that one week with the $50 bounty. That definitely got our juices flowing. And and still, we're still playing for money out there. Jay Bird has won two weeks in a row. His unholy reign, the, the Death Star, is is got Yavin in its sights once again this week. We've, we've got to, we, we've, we've got to blow him up. We've, we've got to stop him. The Imperial what, March. Uh, what's the prize pool this week, Ed? It, it's $50. It's, it's where, you know, we all, we didn't qualify for PPP. So okay. we're small business over here. Uh, try to work on this. We, we are self-funded bootstrap still, you know, if any venture capitalist listening, holla at your boy. But uh, yeah, so this is all out of pocket. So, you know, do what you, do what you got to do. Well, I would personally like to uh, I would like to sweeten the pot a little bit if if you'd allow me uh, some philanthropic, uh, you know, benevolence here. Right. I, I would like I would like to add at least double. Let's make it 100. Yes. Wow. OK, so so wow. So one hundred and fifty dollar prize pool. Are you going you, oh, to put fifty dollars on top? Uh, yeah, I'll throw you 50. You got your Excellent. 50. We'll make it 100 to first or you can pay second place. Or you can chop twenty off the top, and uh, draft mom can, uh, you know, make you something good for dinner. <laughs> well, you know, what? let's do a hundred dollar prize pool. Let's say sixty to first, thirty to second, ten for third. I love it. The more the merrier. Let's spread the money around. Everybody can get a little taste of it, and you know, get the ball rolling a little bit. Maybe we can get somebody to uh, a benefactor to step up every week and add something to the prize pool. Jay Devlin, yes, give yourself a hand. <laughs> My man, coming in first week, throwing money on top. I love you. Love to see it. Appreciate it, Jay Devlin. So yes, we are looking at a hundred dollar prize pool. Sixty dollars now to first, thirty to second, ten to third. Come and get this money, y'all. You're in quarantine. You ain't got anything better to do. Bruh. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So let's bring this sucker in for a landing. Damn it. We are. I mean, once again, I I I don't know what to say. I'm almost, I'm speechless. My man, Jay Devlin, the most prolific Cinema Draft podcast guest in history, throwing in the extra bonus money on top, throwing out the controversial takes, throwing out the obscure movies. 
I love it. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you. I mean, I'm shocked you had me back on after I think my last appearance was right after Black Panther. And uh, I came on the show. We had a tripod, if I remember correctly, with a nice young lady. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Nick, the official therapist of the pod. Yeah. And while I, I was certainly a fan of the movie and I thought it was very good because I'm all things Marvel and I, I, I did like the movie. I, I thought that I didn't think it was the greatest movie ever created. So thank you for inviting me back. After, <laughs> well, it was uh, the greatest yeah. movie of that year to that point. So. It, it was a. Hey, it's a good thing. It's a. It was a very good movie. But I just thought it was, we had a really fun discussion. Me, you, and uh, the the therapist who was on with us. That was one of my favorite appearances ever on the show. So. Hey, well, you know, I I'll see if I can swing another tripod with with uh, the official therapist of the pod. I mean, hopefully we'll be seeing more of you in the draft stream cinema draft community. You got it, man. I'm never leaving. I'm with you for life. I think you're uh, you're doing a great job, and uh, you know I'll certainly be doing my part to spread the word. And I hope everybody out there listening uh, just grab a couple buddies, and a couple buddies turns into five buddies, turns into twenty buddies, and uh, then we got a nice little community. We're having fun, and life will be good. Amen to that. So, Jay Devlin, before you get out of here, go ahead and plug your ish. What are you working on, man? Uh, just same old stuff, man. Quarantine's been slow, but uh, we do a, ra- a live radio show called Mostly Sports. You can find it, just put it in Google, and uh, you know, we got podcasts and you know, our show's live, we have a good time, but uh, yeah, just the mostly sports stuff, Eduardo. Until next time, I yes. love you, and let me hear the tagline. That's right. Well, you know what, we normally would say go see a movie or something, but it's quarantine, don't do that. Quarantine with a movie or something. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate you. Peace. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft. Facebook, Cinema Draft. Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft. Medium, at Cinema Draft. That is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And finally, please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinema Draft is a registered mark of Cinema Draft LLC. Both the Cinema Draft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.